Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. And today we're here with Suzanne Tulin who honestly, this lady, I loved her tagline because it wasn't, hey, I'm the CEO of this or the founder of this. She is the brand clarity expert, which I can 100% vouch for with this because she is all about helping you take the complicated, just mess that is most of our brands and turn it into a clear, concise message that actually converts into sales. So Suzanne, first off, say what's up to everybody and then we'll hop in. What's up, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Stoked to have you here. So Suzanne, my very first question for you is really about your brand because we got to get succinct about who you are. And if your brand sucks, how are you supposed to teach other people brand, right? So my question for you is why and how did you come to becoming the brand clarity expert? Oh my gosh. How far back should I go? I should start. Let's see. I mean, I was, if you're talking like, Hey, when I was born on this day, we're a little bit too far I'm, back. <laughs> right. So I was in corporate America and, um, decide I, I was part of a company that grew through acquisition. They bought 13 companies within two years and it was just total chaos. I was creative project manager for that, that branch, uh, of the, the marketing arm of it. And, and we had to inculcate all these other brands from, from the culture level into the new brand, right? So this is how we do things this way. And so it wasn't even at the visual level right now. It was immediately like, how do we get them used to how we go about doing what we do? So that really brought about a lot of ideas around what real branding really is and where it starts. It starts at the soul, the DNA of the corporation, of the organization, Or if you're talking about the personal brand, it's within that person who's driving all of those um, decisions, right? So I left corporate America and started my own company, uh, a design firm. And I I just realized that all I was really doing was putting lipstick on the pig for my clients. You know, a new coat of paint, a new logo, a refresh, collateral pieces, et cetera. And I just couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't hardly even describe to me what their brand was really all about as the vendor, as the designer. And I decided that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to, but I'm going to help you identify and define who you are, what your value position is and how you're going to start walking the talk and delivering on that promise every single time, not just the owners and leadership of the organization, but all of your employees. So that's when I took on a partner and we designed this thing called the brand DNA methodology. And so we, we stopped our clients thinking so much about their external environment, about bringing people in, you know, marketing might get your, your prospects in the door, but it's your brand that keeps them coming back. So how do we keep them coming back? What is that value position? Let's get crystal clear on what that is. That's how it all started. Um, I just didn't want to start. I didn't want to continue putting lipstick on the pig and just making you look pretty when inside you still were kind of chaos, right? which that, in all reality, that's, that's branding, right? I mean, it's it it be so complicated. And especially when, when the lines get blurred between branding and marketing, it gets really, really complicated. And a lot of companies that we've even worked with and even our own company, we get shiny object syndrome. And in your case, it was <laughs> these acquisitions of all these companies, but we have so many different projects going that our brand isn't always 
in line. You know, I love, I love that you brought up marketing versus branding. Can we identify that? Can we define it? Please do. Do you want me to, or you, you can no, do it? I I will. Really I, I'm like happy to. Because <laughs> <laughs> we might theory. have differing opinions on it. So I'd like to hear yours. <laughs> so marketing is, if you think about it this way, marketing, you market a brand. So marketing is this verb that is the dissemination and communication of the value position of a brand. So the question becomes, if you haven't identified and defined the brand, then what are you actually out there marketing? Now, people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars marketing something that they have yet to fully identify and define, let alone align with and walk the talk and, and infuse it into their systems and processes and, you know, within their culture and everybody's on the same page and that has, I've seen, I see that all the time, right? They're out there pushing something out there because they think they know what their clients or customers want to hear. But again, if they're not following through on it, you just, it becomes a sieve, right? You can just keep pushing more marketing out there. People come in, they experience you. It's not what they thought they were going to get and they don't come back or they tell 10 of their friends, right? Don't want to do that. So marketing and branding, marketing is the verb. Branding is actually the um, a real simplistic way of defining it is the assignment of meaning. It is the process of assigning meaning, which could be a value position. So if you haven't taken the time to sit back and assign meaning to you as a personal brand, your personal brand leadership style, et cetera, or you as a company with employees, then nobody's on the same page, right? Right. And, and I love those. You're sending light, uh, light bulbs off in my head over and over again with this. And, and I love that because, I mean, the, the brand at its center, people think that's the product, right? right. And the product, and I, th- I think that comes a lot from, from like the Apple methodology because their brand was about making the sexiest product out there, right? And, and the experience that it provides you. But, but it's more of what, what is the transformation you're providing? What's the, what's the result you're providing? What's Could you articulate promise? that more? The promise. I love that. Yeah. So even if you go to Apple as an example, we can kind of expand on that, that the product itself was never the brand, but yet a representation of the brand, which is, which is my definition of a logo. It's not the brand of the company. The logo is a graphic icon that represents the promise So what does that logo represent? Again, we have to go back and assign meaning to that representation. And that's the work. That's the work I do for clients. That's the work I do for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, is we sit down and we follow a methodology that flushes out those attributes. And then you commit to those attributes, you define them, and then you start aligning everything you do to show up and walk that talk. Love that. Wow. And, and that's, that's cool because it's, you know, it's really getting granular on, on the promise, like you said, the promise that you're offering. And I loved that verbiage because I mean, I, I'm thinking about that for our own company, you know, and, and saying what, what really is our promise? And I think especially in agency type models, it's pro we're prone to just saying, well, this amount of leads or this amount of money, like my promise, that's my guarantee. And, and so my, my question too is what's that big difference between a promise and a guarantee? 
So I think that the promise for your company, Josh, would be what my expectations would be to choose you specifically to work with versus the 1,500, 20,000, 100,000 other people that say they do what you do. So how do I carve that distinction from all of these other people I'm looking at versus how you resonate with me and what I sense your core values are, what I sense your brand, personal brand style attributes are, what I know your differentiators to be. And so that's what drives me to choose you versus all these other things. It's never the end result or product because that's just you know something that happens as a result of me connecting to who, who would resonate with me. Is that making sense? Oh, 100%. And I, and I love that. that. That is cool. So if you really wanted, if you wanted to brand your company, really think about it, and you don't have this huge conglomerate of employees, but it's really the essence of Josh and your personality, then most of the attributes would flush out of really taking that deep dive and understanding who you are as a person. In those attributes, your core values would flesh out, your um, style attributes that, again, the personality, those main four or five attributes you would name and then define, and then you build everything around that, right? Right. See, and, and I love that because, I mean, recently, just even in the last two weeks, I think, since as we're recording this, with our company, I was realizing, I'm like, I attract introverts because I am an extremely introverted person. And uh, people love our methodology because it's like, it's tailored to the introvert who doesn't want to sell the person who's really having a hard time wanting to sell, but they love being on stage. They love talking to people one-on-one. Um, and we, we found our, our current clients are, are really resonating with that. They're like, yes, I'm an introvert. And it was one of those moments where you're like, ding, I think we found it. We found a big piece of our, of our promise of our message. And, and that's your market share too. When you think about it, those people that resonate with that, you know, no brand is universal. You're never going to appeal to everyone. Just get that, understand that, drop the oars and go with the flow. When you know what your market is, just hit it hard, but don't try to appeal to everybody. Right. That's, that's how you dilute your brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I, I found that, um, even with our brand, and I think this, this entrepreneurs, I think we're the most, you know, the B2B service brands, I think we're the most guilty of this because really the vehicle could be applied to any business, right? It's like a podcast. Yeah. I mean, we, we have people all the time who are lawyers or doctors or whatever, want to come into our world and they're really not who we target. And so, like you're saying, it does dilute the brand when you're focusing too heavily on, on the vehicle. But if the, pro- I mean, cause the promise let me put it this way for us, just for our listeners. I do not like working with people who like to take pictures on their Lamborghini with these hot women on their sites, right? <laughs> that is just not my world. I don't, sure. do not live, I'm from Idaho. Okay. <laughs> that, should, that should answer all of everybody's questions. But, uh, but the people who are more legacy-based entrepreneurs, they love being in front of people and serving people. I love working with people like that because mm-hmm. they're real human beings. <laughs> yes. If you've ever had to fire a client because you just didn't have that chemistry and that connection, you know how difficult it is to onboard someone who wants to pay your fee. That's great. That's why you take them on, right? But they're not a good contact. They're not a good client. 
because they don't resonate with your core values and your style. Yeah. And, and yeah, anybody who's ever had that awkward situation where you do feel like you have to fire a client, it's because of that, right? I yes. mean, it, just like you're saying, if, if you're not, if they don't have all of the qualities or that, what'd you call them? The value, the core values is that you call yeah, part them? of the methodology, there's pieces and parts in there. If you want me to talk about what's in the methodology. Okay. Um, so definitely we have to take that deep dive in understanding your core values. And those are your guiding principles. That's what you lean into every day when you may not have named it, but you know, you're leaning into certain elements and certain things around that you surround yourself with. And you love it when you're around that thing, those things, right? And then there's a, a set of what we call style attributes, personality traits. And these are the, the top four or five that you would be able to list off either high energy or introvert, or um, maybe you're an investigator. You just love the details, those types of things. And then you define those too, to make them um, so that you can step into those and make them tangible. And that's a whole process in and of itself is defining those, those attributes. Then we look at your core differentiators. And these can be professional. They can be awards that you won, um, contests that you won, uh, skill sets that you have. Maybe you play five instruments. Maybe you speak three languages. Maybe you've been, you traveled to 120 countries. You know, whatever that might be, we flush those out. So they're very personal and they're professional uh, types of differentiators. Then we look at, we create what we call standards of living for the personal brand and standards of performance for the company brand. And that, that takes a little bit more description on, on making these statements or declarations in these four or five or six buckets that run the company about how we're gonna start performing and how we're going to infuse those attributes within that to show up that way. And then there's a brand platform and a brand uh, promise that we craft. And once you have all of that, um, I'll show you that for those people that are looking at the, the video, this is the one pager outline of my personal brand DNA. So, but there's, there's a lot more details to that, but I can refer to this on a regular basis with all these elements and remind myself who I say I am and step into that at a conscious, strategic and deliberate way every day. That, that is awesome. I love that one pager. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> I, I mean, it gives you something to, to, to stick to. And I, I do love that. So um, I want to, I want to go a little bit contextual here. So a lot of the people who listen to this show are in the coaching space, right? They, they're a group coach in the mastermind space or something, right? They have a team behind them, but I think there's a big difference with branding when it comes to selling a physical product mm. and when you're selling a service that's kind of more based around you. And if we were putting into context of a coach, how would you recommend they differentiate themselves? Because I mean, coaching is the most broad. I mean, your competition is the world. <laughs> kind of like uh, real estate agents, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you think of them as a dime a dozen. They're, they're considered to be in a co commodity industry, um, lawyers, insurance brokers, those types of things, right? It just has happened that way. Um, you have to definitely um, shine through your personality. You have to own it. You have to unpack it and really begin to create a vernacular around that, a narrative around how you coach differently through 
what your philosophies are, what you believe to be true. Oftentimes I'll ask my client, what is the one thing that you know about what you do that you wanna get on top of a mountain and scream at the top of your lungs? If people could just understand this, then they would get further. They would live their potential. They would whatever, right? And if they have something like that, that they know, that's really their, the core of what they would surround their brand around is that particular philosophy. Love that. And you know, what's so funny about it too, because um, I even know for myself and, and a lot of people we've worked with, we think that if we make it that simple, people aren't going to believe us and they're not going to buy it. But what I've been finding even for myself with my personal spending habits is if they will simplify it down so it doesn't take me a lot of time to get it, I get way better results first off, but I'm way more willing to spend massive amounts of money on it because I know it's going to pan out. <laughs> right. I think, I think everyone is so overwhelmed these days in this world with so much going on and the pace of what's going on um, that we are we're just, I think we're starving for simplicity. We're starving to trust that um, going inward is more of the answer. And, and what I like to say is it, stop the doing and start the being. And when you really take, take that shift and you pivot and you start being who you really are, you get aligned immediately and you, I don't want to get spiritual here, but you start, you know, having this vibration that starts attracting people that get who you are. You are in alignment. Things come to you with flow and ease and you feel better and you're happier. That's the, that's the kind of the secret sauce, which these ingredients that I just went through in the, in the DNA process help you pull out. I, I, I might often say too, that, you know, this process helps you fall back in love with who you are. See, that's brilliant. I love that. Well, and it kind of sparks a question for, for you about um, passion and purpose and, and how those play into brand. Sometimes I feel like they're too heavily dependent upon. And, and I want to explain this with a, with a scenario. So okay. I, I have a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, and he has bounced around from job to job to job to job for decades. And he's never been able to really figure out what he likes to do because he's not passionate about anything that he does. And, and my opinion is like, nobody likes to work. Working's not fun, right? <laughs> but you get passionate by, by learning to love the people you work with. So I'm just kind of curious what your take is on, on bringing passion and purpose into brand and if it's necessary. I think oftentimes um, we, we aren't passionate about something or anything because we're not allowing ourselves to know who we are. There, I talk a lot about um, being externally impacted so much in this world about our environment, what's happening around in our environment. We are no longer internally driven. We've lost it and we become so vulnerable to whatever's happening out there, we become robots and we react instead of be proactive from being internally driven. And a lot of us have lost that passion because we've forgotten who we are. We haven't gotten quiet, we haven't meditated, we haven't really thought through and reflected on what is it that we are and who we wanna become more of. And again, this process is a part of that, but I tell you what, it's the core of the human element. And we're missing, so many of us are missing this piece and we're in the doing so much and not the being. And that's what's 
kind of keeping us overwhelmed and driving us crazy. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I love the answer because that's, that's half the battle, right? Is, is <laughs> instead of just blindly taking action, it's taking strategic action. I, I know for me this past year, I mean, 20, 2021 or 2020 for me was all about outsourcing and, and automating a lot of our company. But this year has been all about cutting down my hours and being very succinct with my time. And just doing that, our productivity is not slowed one bit, it's sped up because instead of blindly spending, oh, I'm just going to work 12 hours a day. I mean, I'm, I'm shooting for a 20 hour week. And I've been seeing that just in the, the calm and the simplicity of it's been so much easier for me. And our brand has, it, it sticks more to our brand because that's what we promote to our to our people. <laughs> well, when you get clear or when you get simple and calm, clarity can step in. Right. Right. So it's the, it's the magic around, around that and not, not feeling like you're always in a race, that you always have to, you know, you just see a new technology. You just got to go there. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's never going to end. <laughs> and, you know, only you can slow that down from that, that mental position. Yeah. Position. See, and I love that. Well, and, and you know, we've covered a lot of different topics here, and, and I hope people will will take some of the steps. I mean, Suzanne's given you so many different pieces that you can use to to improve your brand currently where it's at. So I would I would invite all of you to have go back and re-listen to the episode, take some notes, and think about how you can apply that directly to what you're already doing in your company and and the changes you can make. Because no matter where you're at, I'm sure Suzanne, you do this all the time. You probably still with your brand are making tweaks and iterations and figuring out who you are. That's just like the nature of branding. <laughs> well, here, here's what I am doing. Um, I did the work. So I've pretty much found that foundation of it resonates with me and it still rings true years later. Here's what I'm constantly doing though. I'm tweaking to stay in alignment because sometimes I let the external environment impact me. And so now that I am so versed in who I'm saying I am, it feels good. It's authentic. I have to bring myself back, but I have such an awareness to that now that I can do it in a heartbeat. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's realigning kind of getting back on the right trajectory, I think is <laughs> half the battle. Well, and, and a couple of kind of quick thoughts here for everybody from, from our conversation is, is really, it seems like chaos breeds, breeds confusion. And, and in a business that seems to be what branding is, is it's this chaotic throw, you know, spaghetti on the wall, see what sticks. Right. And it's more of like what you're talking about is it's a strategic way to simplify what you're doing, get clear on your purpose and your vision and, and everything kind of comes into alignment. And so I, I love that. And thank you for bringing that into clarity for me. So you're obviously the brand clarity expert here. So I want to ask you two final questions here though, Suzanne, before we hop off. So First off is that you have a lot of material here for people to be able to take and improve upon, but where can they get access to you and more of your material? Everything is on my website, brandascension.com. Everything is there for, for both markets, for both the business with employees and the solopreneur markets. I love that. So make sure everybody you go check out Brand Ascension. You can obviously find her everywhere else. We have all of the links in the description. And if you're watching the video, it'll be somewhere here around the video. I don't know where. Just look. <laughs> it'll be close. <laughs> um, but Suzanne, one final question for you before we sign off. So if you could leave one final parting piece of guidance with our audience, what would that be? I would have everybody consider 
that every person in every business already has a brand. It's already there. The big question is, is are you in control of it? And if you're not, then everyone around you is. So personal brand clarity, business brand DNA clarity is key to getting in control of the perceptions others have of you. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.